Greetings! You're listening to the audio version of Up the Waterfall. To see us and everything we talk about, be sure to check out the video version by visiting youtube.com slash Xanaland. Thanks for listening! Well, now you got into this mess by going down a waterfall. Now, how would you suppose we could get them out of there? By going up the waterfall? That's right! Anything's possible in Disneyland. <laughs> Welcome, friends, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Up the Waterfall with your hosts, Zana and Scott Otis. Hello. This week is episode 39, The History of Fort Wilderness. Fun. I think it's going to be a fun one. We've actually been researching for a week on this, (laughs) and I think it will prove very informative for those that may not have been aware of the history of Fort Wilderness. In a way, we've been researching our whole lives. That's true. Because we've both been there a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's funny is, up until I met you, I really didn't go there that often. When, oh, I, wow. when I was little and we visited, I went to River Country all the time. That's my good enough. My parents were not big on buffeteria <laughs> kind of places. A Disney invention. I don't think I ever went to Le Cellier when it was a buffeteria. I also did not. Um, I'm trying to think of other, which is weird because there were times, just not at Disney, when we would. Like there was Morrison's Cafeteria. I don't know if you, I don't think they're in business anymore, but... I do not know more. It was like an old South thing, and we would go there all the time when we lived in Ocala. Yummy. Um, Anyway, so as a result, I I don't even know if I went to Hoop-de-Doo with my parents. We must have at some point, but if we did, it was only like a one-time thing. Yeah, we did it one time, and that was literally our only time doing like a, what would be considered a full-service restaurant. And then... We went as part of my mom's panel training group. So Aww. that was my... Well, actually, I think I went one other time before that with friends. Um, and that's when I was reintroduced to it. And I, I know like, we went pretty early on. Yeah. I don't know if you were there that night that I'm talking about with friends. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and then once, you know, we became a thing, <laughs> we kind of explored Fort Wilderness a lot more and you showed me things that I didn't know or had forgotten about and we rediscovered or for me discovered the joys of Trails End. May not, it rest yeah. in peace right now. It's not taking a break. Not just Trails End though, but like literally the all of Yeah, I'm starting with food cuz I guess I'm I'm hungry right now. It's before I could dinner. go to Trails End right now. Um we even had our, you know, not that it was actually a rehearsal, but we had technically our rehearsal <laughs> dinner at Trails End. It's We've a favorite of ours. Many birthday celebrations there. Um, but we're going to go way back. Oh my. To 1971. That's when Walt Disney World opened. You were born and I was not. I mean, I wasn't born in that year, but I was already right. born. Right, you were already alive. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, I recently shared on Twitter and Facebook, I think, uh, a post I wrote back in 2014. Oh my gosh. If any of you are listening to this, you should absolutely stop what you're doing and, and read this <laughs> post. It, well, y- you're a great writer. 
Oh, thanks. And this is one of your good ones. Like Every time really I reread something like this, I'm like, wow, I forgot I wrote that. Because sometimes you just... I really do black out after you I just, write something. You write. From my heart. I completely from, yeah. black out. Literally from your heart. <laughs> um, so this was written right after we had experienced the 40th anniversary of Hoop-dee-doo, um, which I had covered, you know, Disney invited us out to that. And I think I just posted about it on Instagram at the time because I think that was in the time frame where I wasn't really blogging as much anymore. Was that the 40th anniversary of Fort <clears throat> Winners or, or the Hoop-dee-doo? I think it was Hoop-dee-doo. Okay, so there you go. Which would have been... 2014. 2014, yeah. Yep. Um, so... I had wanted to write about this when we had done one of our walks around Fort mm-hmm. Wilderness because you were showing, you were talking about the Marshmallow Marsh, which I had no knowledge of. And I believe there had been like a little bridge to get to it because it was across a little, yeah, whatever that's called. like a, uh, One of the canals. Yeah, canal, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were showing me, they had just taken the bridge away semi-recently and you were showing me where it used to be and then we were going on trails around there I think the bridge was still there they just kind of they locked it they, oh, really? they blocked I it i think off. it's gone gone now like oh, okay. they they totally got rid of it but i could be wrong it's been a while since we've been over there um so we had done a huge walk around you know going over to where river country used to be and all of that fun stuff mm. and really you get lost in because I'm sure many people listening have been to Fort Wilderness, have been to Trails End or hoop doo have maybe even driven around during the holidays to see, oh, yeah. rented a golf cart to see the decorations that the campsites do because they do go all out. And that's a whole thing in and of itself. But separate from all of that stuff, just the grounds themselves are like pure, unadulterated Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida like, wilderness. I've always called it the last bastion of old Walt Disney World. Yeah. And, you know, the cypress trees and the little knees from cypress trees and the swampy areas. Mm -hmm. And the trees are, you know, relatively tall by Florida standards. So you really, and you hear birds and you see squirrels. And the Spanish moss hanging off the oak trees. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's a whole other experience and it really takes you away. And that's what the blog post is about, really, is that take the fast pass and the My Magic plus and you know, my Disney experience and all of that stuff and just forget about it and explore Fort Wilderness yeah. and you will be transported to 1971. Yeah, a whole different time and place. Not much has changed. Some things have gone away, but the grounds themselves are very similar and you really think about what it was like. And we talked about this, um, I think just in the recap show last week for the anniversary, how... Disney World, when it opened, was a whole different experience. And I mentioned this in the blog post as well. You know, seeing like the Polynesian Resort and the Tiki Birds and things like that. And Florida in and of itself was another destination back then. And people that lived, you know, up the northeast coast and things like that didn't, experience this kind of thing all the time so it really was a draw just to experience florida and not necessarily like daytona beach and the beaches but like real florida yeah, you wilderness mean things like wiki Wachi and silver silver springs yeah and i mean before disney world that's what people would come to florida yeah. to see tourist wise was those and kind cypress of gardens. things um, yeah what's weird i 
as a family, when we came down, starting in the mid-80s, we only did Walt Disney World. We stayed on the US 192 in one of those little hotels, but we didn't do anything. Like, we never went to Gatorland or yeah. SeaWorld. Well, I'm sure for we you, well, just, how long did you stay? Like a week? Oh, yeah, a week plus. Wow. Between one and two weeks. And, yeah, it was all Walt Disney World. So yeah. we would, you know, get the five-day pass for the two parks, mm-hmm. Epcot Center and the Magic Kingdom, and basically do open to close on all five of those days. <laughs> There would be one day where we uh, go to the village marketplace, yes. and just that you know that which is a whole another relaxing day, and then another day where we would go to River Country and Discover Island, Discovery Island, mm-hmm. and then we didn't really explore um, all of um, Fort Wilderness when we did that, but you know just taking the bus over, yeah, you know you got to experience that, and you know we walked through the the petting farms farms and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd forgotten they had that until I was doing this research. Oh, yeah. Research. But, it, yeah, it was a whole another day of, and, and, and honestly, I wish back then I had known everything I do now right. about Fort Wilderness because <laughs> I would have done <laughs> a lot more than just, you know, River Country and Discovery Island, which, you know, alone, those are fantastic, yeah. but there's so much more. It's true. And it really was, I th- you guys probably had the knowledge of Disneyland because you grew up yes. there. So you knew, like, we're just going to stay at Disney and not <laughs> try our hand at these weird Gatorland things and stuff like that. For us, we were coming down from Massachusetts, and most of the time we booked a package that, like, included, you know, uh, yes. medieval times or King Henry's Feast, I remember, <laughs> existed the other day. It's funny that those things existed because, yeah. you know, they were packaged with basically exactly. non-Disney things. And it really was a time before Disney had so much to do that you didn't need to leave to do anything else. They were, I mean, when it first opened, there was definitely enough for people to visit and do because people did things like take a day and play golf and yeah, play tennis and absolutely. relax and go shopping. And it wasn't like a constant run, run, run to the next ride thing. Like and people, that's why those days, like when we went to the Village Marketplace or even the, you know, River Country, that was fantastic. Yeah. We, you know, and it was just, and if you think you didn't about feel it, River like, Country oh, was so small. I need so to get small. back to the parks. It was like, it was good on its own, oh, at yeah. least for me. I but I mean, so. yeah, we didn't have that frenzied pace. Right. And that was the appeal. I know. The good old days. Um, so, yeah, when the park was being created before Walt Disney passed, um, he did say early in his vision that he wanted people to come and visit his Florida project mm-hmm. and have the option of staying in everything from a sleeping bag to a luxury suite. So he wanted everyone to experience the visit the way they wanted to, and that meant different things for different people. And certainly Disney has continued in that to this day. I'm sure for someone it was a sleeping bag in a luxury suite, but <laughs> I think the the sleeping bag was, you know, his idea of, uh, for Fort Wilderness. Yeah. Because it, it was uh, known that uh, Walt Disney was a fan of the great outdoors. Right. Um, a lot of his um, original Disney movies took place there. Right. Um, he, he himself uh, visited many um, national parks, mm. like he... Uh, honeymooned at uh, Mount Rainier. That's a good topic for a book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, he'd he been to Yosemite and lots of others. Um, we've already talked about, you know, the whole history of the Grand Canyon and all of, yes. uh, of that. But um, basically, you know, being a huge fan of the outdoors and a lot of the, th- um, the movie's theme 
being kind of outdoorsy, especially like things like Davy Crockett. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes to reason that not only that 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 was part of the inspiration for uh, Fort Wilderness, but also just the, the the natural beauty that they were building into, right. because when they started, it was literally just a bunch of swamplands, you know, yeah. some lakes, um, and they noticed that Florida is beautiful, you know, very swampy, but they can <laughs> make, you know, craft it into however they yeah. want. And that's why they came up with all those canals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, Bay Lake was already there, but uh, they made Seven Seas Lagoon. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. all, you know, gators <laughs> and cypress trees and yes, all of that all thing. all sorts of critters were back yeah, there. That's kind of what played into that. Yeah. So Cardwalker, who of course, was the executive vice president at the time, mm-hmm. chief operating officer, um, supposedly asked Dick Nunes <laughs> a few months Little before Dick. everything was supposed to be open, like, oh, what about that campground? And, Remember that campground? And Dick said, what campground? And so they realized, <laughs> oh, we need to work on that because that was part of the original project. But of course, yes, building the other resorts yeah, they that were, they were working uh, on were... Polynesian and Contemporary, and those were kind of... Uh, they were getting a little bit behind schedule yeah. and you know they had the opening day set of October 1st uh, 1971 and those were falling behind so you know uh, resources were being shifted to those exactly. so leaving the campground kind of in a lurch yes so dick nunes called on keith camback uh, which yes. i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly i don't know how I else think you so. would <laughs> good old keith camback um, who was actually a disneyland employee with a degree in recreation Whatever that means. Yeah, I think he was in charge of the recreation of the other hotels. Hmm. Interesting. I think. Um, and he had no experience in campgrounds, but that's what they wanted. They didn't want someone that was like, this is how we have to do it because that's how everyone else does it. He wanted, Dick Nunes wanted Keith to go out and he sent him out on a six-month tour around the country to see other campgrounds. Can you imagine? Being sent out for six months. I can. It reminds me of Mad Men, which is why I oh, love that show. Right. And I wish that someone would make one for the creation of <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World because I think it would be amazing. Oh, my God. That would be fantastic. But, yeah, that would be a great <laughs> way. Uh, and that was a great way for him to essentially go around and get best practices yeah. at all They of didn't want to follow everywhere. industry standard. They wanted to take the best of everything and make that work for Walt Disney World. Um, so he also did environmental classes, which really was ahead of its time, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, so that he so knew to develop the philosophy that the campground should be built to accentuate the land's natural beauty, which and is what really you just does. mentioned as well. So I think it really worked out well. If you see original, um, you can look on YouTube and find like original commercials and promos for you know Walt Disney World and Fort Wilderness it's funny to see um, the original like campsite hookups and there's no almost no trees <laughs> around them they're there but they're just not as tall as we're used yeah, to seeing them it's today so grown up a lot more yeah but everything was done with you know a reason and a pattern in mind for what it was going to look like Indeed. in the future um, so a funny story about Keith Camback because the other resorts that we mentioned were behind schedule, it was very difficult for Keith to get <laughs> any supplies, materials, tools, or anything to help them work on the campsites. 
in the campground in general. What did he do? So <laughs> he sent his men out after hours on boats to go to the other resort sites and get what they could get. Kind of do a little requisition project. Yes. And there was other times when I think he found out that the legal department was had no problem getting anything they needed. So he went in and raided their department for like desks and things like that. So that Whoops. earned uh, his employees the nickname Cambacks Raiders. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That was a fun backstory that you may not have realized was going on. And you certainly, it didn't open the same day as the rest of Walt Disney World opened. It was, it was a in, month later. Yeah, November, what, 19th? 19th of 1971. And I think also when he was doing that rating, he, to really f um, fully envelop himself in the project, he actually moved there. Uh -huh. And he lived in a, like in a trailer on site. Wow. Right there at Fort Wilderness, just to, not only just to be there all the time to get everything done, but also just to kind of live that yeah. whole campground that definitely lifestyle. Definitely would make him be in the mood for that. Yeah. Um, as we know, Fort Wilderness itself was almost immediately a hit because of the rustic appeal, and mm. it had, you know, air-conditioned comfort stations and things like that. So they weren't throwing you out into the middle of the woods and the swamp yeah back then they didn't have the fancy rvs and things right. like we do now with all you know you can you can live there pretty nicely if you've got one of them fancy things but uh, basically <laughs> a lot of people would either pitch a tent or they yeah. would have like a, a more rustic style rv mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily have like a full shower or as you said air conditioning so yeah. things like that were very nice uh, when it opened, they actually had only 232 campsites and two comfort stations when it first opened. Got and a lot more now. It expanded in 1973, um, adding more campsites and also 10 Airstream trailers. So you could Wait, actually what? rent a trailer there. Oh, that's awesome. And I printed out this brochure, which I don't know what year it's from, but it actually is sponsored by compliments of Fleetwood manufacturer the official travel trailers of Fort Wilderness that's right, that's and they have on the back here four diff five different campers that you could rent Dang. on site which you can't anymore but there's a million places you yeah can there are rent things now things now that will do it all for you <laughs> but yeah I mean this really it's such a and there's some great photos in here too oh, I which love, yeah the old we'll photos share some of those on the blog are post fantastic today. I was gonna say forgot this uh um the old story guide. of walt disney world guide mm -hmm. the commemorative edition on their back <laughs> this is a bad a bad version but <laughs> there are so many thought, old um photos of you know, you know fort wilderness campground living you know yeah. people riding in canoes mm -hmm. people hiking in the woods yes horseback riding and what's funny is I saw on um, actually Imagineerding our friend George Taylor. Oh, yes. He had found a strange little like promotional item that was basically like a seven day diary of staying at Fort Wilderness. Oh, yeah? Um, it was, you know, done by Disney. It wasn't like oh, a real okay. diary. It was like <laughs> very, you know, planned out and stuff like that. Um, and basically, it was pretty funny because they showed that. It was only, I think, three days they were staying there before they even went to the Magic Kingdom. And there was... Sounds about right. So much to do that they talked about <laughs> with, you know, of course, 
all of the different activities, archery and horseback riding and canoe things, kayaks. Yeah. And swimming. Of course, Marshmallow Marsh was a part of that. Oh my gosh. Which you can speak to. Yeah, uh, Marshmallow Marsh. You know, currently, as of now, they have, um, you know, they they've developed a large area where they have a campfire um, where you can uh, roast s'mores, marshmallows, and all that, and then they do a sing along and show a, a, a Disney film. But before that, there was a thing called Marshmallow Marsh, and this was actually a a paid ticket kind of thing where you would meet at Pioneer Hall. And um, you basically take a hike through the woods, um, along the beach at some uh, in, in some portions, and then kind of go off to uh, an area that's completely uh, away from all of the campground areas. Would they canoe to get there? I oh, thought? that's right. I've that's what you told me. I wrote it in the yeah, blog the post. <laughs> <laughs> there, they hiked to the place where yeah, you get where you the, canoe. Up the canoe because the canoe parts were not in the. Um, it, it was not in Bay Lake. It was in the canals. Oh, okay. Sorry, um, but it, yeah, then they would canoe and, and sing, sing old Americana songs. Exactly. <laughs> um, t- and they would get to a place that is alongside Bay Lake, um, and then at that place they would have um, a campfire all set up. And you basically sit around in a circle, singing sing more, sing more, <laughs> make songs. s'mores. Yeah, make s'mores. Uh, but but also, and then there was a nature hike right alongside there as well that goes um, alongside portions of Bay Lake. But since this took place at night, they didn't do that part. They did do um, then have a viewing of the electrical water pageant, That's right. which had a perfect view where they were. Yeah, because the electrical water pageant was just a. F- a Totally, really cool thing, similar to the um, elect, um, the Main Street Electrical Parade, but yeah. on water. Exactly. And you know, since they had all of their hotels and things on either Seven Seas Lagoon or Bay Lake, they were ra- able to take it around and basically kind of have a show for each one of those locations. N- that's one of my favorite things to do is when we're happen to be driving and oh, time yeah. it just right and we go under the water <laughs> bridge which is of course what connects seven seas lagoon to bay lake and it's basically a bridge that has water on top which of it. which is literally a very unique thing yes it's an um, architectural yeah. engineering feat that's right uh and there's times when they're going from the seven seas lagoon portion over to the fort wilderness and mm-hmm. wilderness lodge viewing which you can't really see it from wilderness lodge can you oh no they yeah they do a showing for the folks at wilderness it's been a while since i've stayed there absolutely um so yeah you can just be driving underneath and the floats are going above you and it's a really cool moment but then also (laughs) from there uh i think you could see the fireworks um the magic kingdom fireworks Fireworks. i forgot those existed yeah (laughs) it was Um, really just a great time Another thing that they offered back then, and there's not much information on this, but it, this was in that seven-day diary thing, was a thing called a Wilderness Night Wildlife Excursion. Oh, wow. And it was a nighttime tour each evening at 8.30 p.m. for two hours. That's awesome. It was only $3 a person, which yeah, is those crazy. Back then, the, the prices of things. And everyone would don kind of like a miner's cap. <laughs> or hat with a light and explore the Fort Wilderness grounds Kinda and like whatever critters l- they came upon. Looking for wildlife and yeah. deer and things. In the, the art, like the little promotional thing they did, they said, we even saw the red eyes of an alligator. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was Sounds possible right. back then. Yeah, because you'd walk alongside the 
the yeah. canals. You wouldn't go in them because no. of the crocodiles. Or, I'm sorry, alligators. But, um, yeah, they're so there. So that was a fun thing. And the other activities, I mentioned some of them, horseback riding, archery, volleyball, tetherball, which the tetherball oh, yeah. is still there, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so funny. That's a huge thing. Um, horseshoes, which... You can always play while waiting for um, Trails End, but now they've added hula hoops, so it's not as exciting. Um, <laughs> croquet, swimming, fishing, hiking, bicycling, and canoeing. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, you can rent. Uh, renting a bike there is just awesome. Uh, I've actually taken our bikes out there and ridden along, ridden through the paths. Yes. It's a great place to do that. Um, I'm going to speak a bit about things that were planned to be added to Fort Wilderness and never came to be. Oh, no. And then you can talk about hoop-de-doo if you hoop -de -hoo? want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So the original plans, as many of you Disney history buffs know, called for an additional three resorts to be added around the lagoon, which was going to be the Asian, the Venetian, and the Persian hotels. Right. And those, as you know, never came to be. Um, one of them eventually turned into the Grand Floridian, of course. And one of them became Wilderness Lodge, but we'll get there in a second. Oh um, by the turn of the decade, these had not happened. And so this was had a lot to do with Card Walker and his cautious nature. Because, of course, this was happening during the gas crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, so things were very expensive. And I guess at the time, a lot of hotels had, of course, sprung up on 192 and Kissimmee and all that. But they were going bankrupt because of the gas crisis yeah. and they couldn't pay off their construction loans. So Card, being a smart guy, was like, I'm not going to risk it. Let's just wait a bit and see. <laughs> so he did not build anything. But um, they had suggested something in I think around 74, um, right after like Hoopty Doo had been open for a while, um, wow, there's a cat meowing somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> that they wanted to build something called Cypress Point Lodge. Ooh. And at, by 1980, this was in the model that appeared outside of, you know, in the Magic Kingdom yeah. where the Walt Disney story was and all that fun stuff. Love that. Um, which I wish I had more photos of because I definitely spent a lot of time looking that at it. where Hoot Gibson the owl was? I don't know. Yes. I blocked it all I'll out. just say yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so this was um, something I read on good old Michael Crawford's Progress City USA. Ah, yes. Our um, friend Michael. So that they talked about it, but then it disappeared, all mention of it, after 1983. Oh. But wow. what it was supposed to be was a medium-sized hotel facility located on the south shore of Bay Lake near Fort Wilderness Campground mm -hmm. Resort. So basically in between Fort Wilderness and Contemporary. Um, it was going to have 550 rooms and 50 log cabins on the beach. Hmm. Cypress Point Lodge will offer a romantic notion of a turn-of-the-century hunting lodge secluded in a deep forest. Neither the trees nor the building will dominate the entire area, but blend together in a natural harmony one can almost hear the crackling fireplace and feel the large wooden beams offer <laughs> a haven of security and comfort. Uh -huh. Cypress Point Lodge will also include two restaurants, a pool, extensive beach, extensive beach, and a lake dock. Guests will commute in and out of Cypress Point 
by watercraft. So there was like no it. plans to connect the monorail, and everyone was okay with that. That was in, um, I believe, like in Eyes and Ears. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like uh, pretty much where Wilderness Lodge is yeah, now. Yeah, so it sounds interesting that they had talked about those cabins on the beach. Which um, now have come to pass. Yeah, so know. Cypress Point never came to be and then later in the 90s you may have heard more about this because yeah, this is the one popular. i remember buffalo junction yes was a thing and that was um because of disneyland paris or at the time euro disney having the hotel cheyenne i've been there it's very unique is it <laughs> yes um and they also had that buffalo bills wild west show yeah, there. Got that there too. Yep. so they kind of wanted to recreate that here because we already had the fort wilderness set up yep. um but it was going to be similar to that hotel cheyenne resemble the street of a western town in the late 19th century providing a thematic link between the early frontier theme of fort wilderness and the early 20th century national park theme of wilderness lodge yeah mm. so this would have been in the land right between the two mm-hmm. okay and it would combine lodging with dining venues, shops, and entertainment, and include a version of the Buffalo Bill Wild West show. That's awesome. And then that also never came to be, but Wilderness Lodge did come to be and already was like, you know, in existence at yeah. that point. Um, and then years and years later, we got the cabins when they had discovered timeshare things and... All sorts of fun stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, they and also they recently announced this, uh, the Lakeside Retreat. Uh, which Reflections. Was, yeah, that, which was, I think, supposed to be on the same land that, you know, Buffalo Junction was yes, slated for. But right. it never sounded as kind of western-y. No, they definitely Buffalo were going Junction with was. like a more communing with nature kind of mm-hmm. um, But thing. in a modern way, I yes. think, right? Yes, modern and sleek, I believe. Um, but they were going to, you know, they were throwing Pocahontas on their promotional pieces with it. Oh, so I did not know that. I think it was hmm. going to perhaps have that sort of theme. And now it's kind of up in the air and on hold. Yeah. However, in the meantime, they have destroyed all of River Country once and for all, which, of course, was sitting and deteriorating for decades. <laughs> um had many a good time at River Country. River Country was awesome. I mean, we might as well just talk about that for a little bit. But yeah, that was uh, basically, you know, the first themed water park in the world. Yes. And uh, yeah, Disney decided not just to have a swimming pool, but basically model it after the old swimming hole, kind of like from like Mark Twain's youth mm-hmm. or even kind of from the books of, uh, of him, from, uh, like about... <laughs> Huck Finn and yeah. Tom Sawyer, that kind of thing. And it was literally right off of Bay Lake. And um, the main, the old swimming hole was essentially using the waters of Bay Lake. It was filtered, but uh, it was still natural lake water. Um, sand bottom. Yeah, it was green. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it was not the pretty blue. They did also have a giant, uh, you know, chlorinated, chlorinated swimming pool, pool as, as well. But this, you know, this was essentially swimming in a lake. I never went down out. those two slides that went into the. What? They were too high up in the air oh for me, gosh. a small child. Yeah, the, I was little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: there were two, as you mentioned, two water slides, the you know, slip and slide and water slides, <laughs> as well as the the tube ride. Yes, I did. I mean, I did the tube ride 
all day. But if you think about what they have now at uh, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach with so many different kinds of things, they had here those two water slides and that the tube ride and of course you know they lots of activities traditional as well. water slides too though that like i think there was one or two next to the tube thing yeah those are the two water slides i'm talking no about. i went on those i'm talking about the ones that were in oh, the chlorinated pool no, that were like up high those. and you just like if you went to look at and do some urban exploring and ever looked at river country before they took it all down those were the two yes. slides you could see that i were, thought you were talking about the no, no, the no. I did slides. those. Okay. I was a champion yeah, the, of what those. What you're talking about, yes, is into the chlorinated pool. You would go up essentially to like the like second floor. 10 feet And it would something. just be basically a drop down, but then you would, the slide would end maybe seven feet above the water. It seemed really high for me. And I couldn't, like, I always held, I still to this day hold my nose <laughs> if I jump in a pool or do a water slide. Um, so, yeah, it was not appealing to me. Yeah. I was scared. Yeah, it was, it was a... a, a basically a goal to be able to graduate to yeah. be able to do that i'm sure it was you know but you it was boys fun. all did that oh, yeah. but the the tubing thing i loved so very oh, yeah. much even though like some of the stone because it was like made out of carved stone kind of material and i definitely got scuffed up in there you know <laughs> because you would get stuck on things sometimes it would like there was a little whirlpool action yeah, and yeah. you couldn't get over the little hill um but i loved it and yeah. I was never, like, scared or worried of, like, you know, getting stuck up there. And the regular water slides, at the time that we visited a lot back then, I lived in Ocala, and they had... Open holler, yeah. They had uh, Wild Waters, which was right oh, next yeah. to Silver Springs. Everybody, <laughs> get your raft and get in the water. It's time for another Wild Waters wave. That's how their wow. their wave pool thing started. Any Ocala <laughs> listeners will know what I'm talking about. At least my mother might. And, you know, that was back in the time period where I would get dropped off there, just like you got dropped off at Disneyland. That's right. I would get dropped off at Wild Waters and spend the day there with no sunscreen. Yikes. And Ouch. just go on water slides. Yeah. And I loved doing that. But now I'm not a fan of water slides because That's they've okay. changed them and they're so technologically yeah. advanced and they put you in the dark and I don't like being in the dark no, and I don't no, like no, going no. backwards and not knowing where I'm going out because as I mentioned, I still have to hold my nose when I go underwater. <laughs> but that's what made the uh, the other thing really cool, the, the tubing thing. Yes. What I loved about it is that you would queue up in kind of a line that went through the lake. And yeah. so while you're waiting for your tube, you're actually wading mm -hmm. in the water. Yeah, um, it's crazy. You know, and if, if you were like, if it was especially hot, you'd kind of like sit down and kind of yeah. like scooch along so that you would be fully underwater. And eventually the, the you get to be where you would get to the tube. <laughs> Sorry. And the tubes were all black. Yes. Completely like, you know, all of the ones that were at Blizzard Beach and all the, they're all themed now and they've got yeah. these fancy designs. These were literally just like rubber tubes. Yeah. Um, black rubber <laughs> tubes. And, and and what was weird is they had all different kinds of shapes and sizes. They were not, it was not standard. Hmm, I don't remember that part. <laughs> and then you'd, you know, you'd get one and then you'd climb the fancy stairs all the way to the top with your tube mm -hmm. and then plop it down in the water and kind of go along. Yeah. And if there were always these uh, like eddies and currents and things where you would get stuck. Yeah, that's what I just said. And <laughs> I loved that. It was fun. Sometimes I would just say, I'm not even going to like swim to the next 
part where you yeah, go down you could and, just like, hang out. And you just hang out and essentially until someone ride bumped it for, into you and then for you like had thirty to minutes. Um, they also had those kind of things where you could like hold over the top, like little mini zip lines sort of yeah, things, zip lines and, like, and like stepping on, similar to what Blizzard Beach has like now, in, but in it's the, like all chlorinated. But right. it was over the lake. Yeah, and then they also had like water volleyball. Oh yeah, and things like that. Where and they had a beach. Like it was that. all you know on a beach. Not just that, but they also had a nature walk yes. in the trees that basically went all the way up to a bay lake on a boardwalk and you could f- see all kinds of wildlife yeah. it's kind of like a mini version of discovery island there i definitely remember that's where we used to see peacocks there used to be tons oh, yeah. of peacocks in fort wilderness even up to like maybe 15 years ago they yeah. were still there and you so would I mean, hear them meowing <laughs> <laughs> that's what they sound like um so but now you don't really see the peacocks no. anymore but like if you think about it, everything that we've been describing so far is c- so completely different than anything else at Walt Disney World. It's so outdoorsy and, yeah. you know, old-fashioned and that kind of thing. It's and just fantastic. And I think because River Country was compact, it wasn't like, when I think about going to the water parks, which when I get there, they're enjoyable, but they're kind of like overwhelming yeah. to me. Because there's so much. <laughs> Personally, now. I know everyone loves them, but <laughs> yeah, there's just like so much to do and there's they're so crowded also, you know, or they were that you're always waiting in lines and all that stuff so this was a quaint little thing which you know attendance was much less than it it was it is it was a simpler time simpler thing but but it was it was just as enjoyable if not more so yeah so yeah good times so anyway, I will now get to the uh, the hoop de doo. Yeah, let's segment. talk about the food things. I mean, the show. Well, yeah, it's a <laughs> show. It's a, a a food and a show. So originally, they had um, when Fort Wilderness was built, they had they had built Pioneer Hall there, which was essentially like a just kind of like a recreation hall where they would show movies where you would kind of like take your food from the Crockett's Tavern and just eat, or basically you would play games or just hang out. Um, And it was actually filled completely with memorabilia uh, about Davy Crockett, which is really cool because that's uh, one of Disney's great uh, motion pictures from Mm -hmm. the 50s. Uh, And, of course, he's a legend. But... um, they had that, but they wanted something. Uh, they wanted, uh, you know, Card Walker wanted a show there to be able to produce um, some money. So they came up with um, the Hoop Dee Doo musical review. Um, and they did it very quickly. All within, um, this is like uh, late 73, early 74. And um, they didn't have people like stars for these shows. <laughs> yeah. They had developed, you know, six parts, you know, and think about these names. Johnny Ringo, Six Bits Slocum, mm. Jim Handy, <coughs> Dolly Drew, Flora Long, and Claire DeLune. You know, those crazy characters. Yes. Kind of like uh, three couples. Um, but yeah, they um, there was actually like a, a, a program from um, the Cal Arts in in California Hmm. where there would be like a kind of like a work um oh yeah they were college kids when they started college kids yeah but like coming over to Disney World to do like a a work thing Mm -hmm. um 
as part of credits for their classes. An internship, perhaps? Like that, <laughs> yes. And uh, they kind of just chose them yeah. as to be the stars, even though they're only here for like the summer. Um, and they basically picked amongst them as part of, they are actually part of the All-American Comedy War- Workshop there. And they were cast uh, in these parts, and they essentially just made up this show. Yeah, which, it was all written by, you yeah. know, cast members for the most and part. what's funny is, not funny, but <laughs> amazing, is that that show that they came up with and for, that opened in 1974 is pretty much exactly the way it is now. It is exactly the same. The only thing that has d- has changed, well, besides the hoop de doo song. <laughs> Uh, sadly, that is no more due to copyright issues. I don't know. Yeah. Um, when they do the thing with the napkin, mm-hmm. originally people would have would stand <laughs> on their chairs and swing the red and white checkered napkins around. And obviously, due to liability issues, Disney was like, "Let's not do that anymore." I always wondered why they did that because you know you're using these. I napkins know you get to, your crumbs all over the yeah, place. Yeah. So as soon as you're starting to whip these things around i would think all of the chicken bones and <laughs> well, hopefully like you're not cornbread storing would go flying chicken around. bones in your napkin they do give you a bucket for that <laughs> that is true but anyway yeah so they developed the show um with a lot of great songs including the hoop de doo song which sadly is no more yes um which was Thanks, actually Perry Como. um it wasn't perry well perry como did actually do a cover of or oh. not cover he actually did original song way back in the 50s of the hoop de doo song mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, it was the guy who wrote it for him that uh, uh, eventually said, hey. And they had crazy. to come up with a, a different one. But they had a, another song uh, for sh- just for the introduction of the dessert, Strawberry Shortcake. Which we talked about at some point. I don't know what the I topic of our thing was. Oh, the week. snacks. Mm-hmm. It was the oh, iconic yeah, the snacks. snacks. And that was one of your mentions. Right. And then there f- there's the All State song, which um, kind of is... Uh, set to the tune of She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain, which they had a verse for every state in the nation as well as a lot of the famous yeah, that's always countries fun. that people could be potentially from. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they, the stars would go around and kind of mix and mingle and figure out what states people were f- visiting from, and then eventually they would do that song um, to the tune of She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain and with a different one for each state. I think part of what makes Hoop Dee Doo so endearing and loved, beloved by all, <clears throat> is that it's like I personally am not a fan of like audience participation things. Like right. I don't want to be involved. Please just leave me alone and let me eat my whatever. You're here. Um, but at Hoop Dee Doo, you don't feel that way because it's not anything sinister. It's not, not like. Uh, off humor or anything it's really good natured and you really grow to love the characters themselves like kudos to the character development because you instantly know who everyone is what their role is and you want to hear more and be a part of it like will they finally you know fall in love at the end like yeah there's a couple of uh character arcs where mm-hmm. like will they or won't they fall in love or they're just kind of hamming it up too much yeah it really is great and, and of course also the there's the ballad of davy crockett that right, they do there which and they ties actually, in all of the theming that's right and then on this one they actually pick four people from the audience to yes. go up on stage and do the story Have you of ever? davy crockett um i wasn't personally picked but alex was ah. in one of the uh 
Did he have to wear a tutu? He wasn't the tutu one. Hmm. He was okay. the guy who, uh, like, why did Davy Crockett <laughs> have to die? I've never been chosen either, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's absolutely fun, and it just really is an amazing thing. And the food is great too. Yeah. It's not like you're getting subpar food oh, because like all you can it's a eat show. Chicken and ribs. And they do baked have beans, cornbread. Vegetarian options, probably vegan at this sure. point too. I haven't been yeah. since then. <laughs> Just saying. Fried chicken. Yeah. I mean, and then of course it ends with the strawberry shortcake, strawberry which shortcake. actually originally was apple pie. Wow. That makes yeah. sense. Apple pie is, you know, America's That's favorite. That's right. But I don't know if they did. They probably didn't do the strawberry shortcake song. <laughs> for when that they would had be apple a little pie. confusing if they did. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, what's great about that song, though, the strawberry shortcake, is that your servers are actually part of that. And they're That's actually right. on stage. On dancing stage. And then the, you get uh, to cheer for your server when you see them. That's right. Because they do a little dance routine up there on stage. Yeah. And then they come serve you your strawberry shortcake. So if you haven't gone to Hoopty Doo, you absolutely must. Yes. It is phenomenal. And of course, Trails End, we mentioned a little bit about. Oh, my so good. Love trails. Hopefully it can return in some form Please. soon. Um, I want the chili. They, we <laughs> mentioned in the live show that they're, you know, opening Hollywood and Vine soon. I think next month. Maybe oh, wow. the end of this month. Oh, that's right. So we kind of, it's going to be a family style thing, apparently. We okay. weren't sure when we reported that. Oh, that's but right. Yeah. The so kind of thing that they used to do. At, um, it would make sense that they could do that at Trails End, like a giant skillet kind of situation where you can still ask for more yeah yes please um just the atmosphere there though like it smells like old wood you know the pine well that's another logs that are in there and yeah that i forgot to mention that this pioneer hall was of course a a recreation of a sturdy kind of like a lodge from the old uh, northwest uh northwest territory Mm -hmm. um it was actually assembled from 1283 Hand fitted logs that were f- that they found just the perfect logs in yeah. uh, Montana. They needed to find tall enough ones. There were western white pine trees that they were shipped uh, to Florida and then hand, you know, basically put together to create amazing Pioneer Hall. Yeah, amazing workmanship and craftsmanship. Oh yeah, you should check it out. Uh, and yeah, I I really hope Trails End comes back. And it's just such. You instantly feel like at home, whether you're a local that's going there all the time like we do, or you're a a camper or a cabin goer that comes every year. I mean, there's people that rent campsites for, what, like six months months at a time, and then they have to leave so that they can come back. Otherwise, they're like (laughs) living, like residents. But yeah, Yeah, and and they, they have their exclusive like campsite yes. that they reserve months and months in advance and so if you right there ever walked or you know taken a golf cart through you can see that there's special mickey ear oh, yeah. uh, lamps that people make there's like signs with their name on them and people really do go all out during yeah. the holidays of halloween and christmas absolutely it's part of our holiday tradition i don't know what's going to happen this year <laughs> when we can't do that uh, if people are, is it open right now or no? I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. Which is sad. Hmm. I think the, the P and J's takeout is open though. So maybe the cabins oh, yeah. are open, but not the campsites. I do not know. 
and it's like reduced number. We have not been out much. Not sure, but hopefully it will return to its former glory and please never destroy Fort Wilderness because it truly is That's the thing we were saying. This is a unique This is old school Walt Disney World and also old school Florida. Yeah. Which is, you know, strange because it's not really like none of the buildings and none of the even hoop de doo or anything are like Florida specific. It's just like wildernessy and old yeah. southern to a point in hoop de doo. So, but it's a favorite of all of us in yeah. this house. I actually stayed there um, <laughs> That's right, right literally the day after my high school graduation. I hopped in a car from uh, Texas and drove to Florida and stayed at uh, Fort Wilderness. Um, I was going to camp in a tent. Um, this was in, you know, late May or early June. Can't remember what, exactly when I graduated. <laughs> I guess it was May. Probably May. Um, I stayed one night in the tent and wait a minute, that's way too hot. <laughs> uh, no central air in that tent. No, there wasn't. So I ended up sleeping in my car the rest of the time, but oh. it was just the whole idea of being at... Fort Wilderness, taking the buses around to the loops. Um, I think, actually, I stayed in Bobcat Bend. That's the other thing. We didn't even talk about the fun names oh, of they the have different so areas. Many great names. There's Spanish Moss Lane, Settlers Bend, Moccasin Trail, Raccoon Lane, Jack Rabbit Run. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> It's very confusing Sunny if you Sageway. are driving a golf cart through to look at decorations. Thank goodness you're the one that's yeah, driving because I never know where I'm some going. Some of them are loops within loops, mm. which I think is fun. And we didn't even talk about the fact that, you know, they also have the Chippendales Campfire Sing-Along yeah. over there. Well, I mentioned that as kind of like the precursor to what Marsh... Oh, uh, yes. To what is now what Marshmallow Marsh used to be. Yes, that's true. They have that there. That's where they show the movies and there's sing-alongs yes. and you can buy s'mores Actually, products or you bring your own. Actually, if you think about it, uh, pretty much all the resorts now have a, a thing where they kind of show under movies the stars. under the stars. And there's even a website with a schedule and all that. But that started yeah. at Fort Wilderness. And they have the cool Doc Terminus little... Oh, that's right. ...covered wagon there theming. Us. If you don't have your own s'mores kit you yes. could essentially buy one mm-hmm. um but and you Chip could also bring your own to say hello oh yeah and they have multiple fire pits i believe yeah they do not use chippendale as firewood though <laughs> they do not <laughs> that would not be good um also <laughs> there used to be mickey's backyard barbecue which sadly is no more yeah which was kind of like um hoop doo but with Outside, <laughs> hoop de doo light. It would. It didn't have the the huge show. Yeah, it was just more the, like the, singing. But they did have the characters there. Yeah, and there was a huge um, barn, just really right behind Pioneer Hall, um, as a kind of like a big all you can eat location. Yeah, it was just a covered yeah. place with tables inside. But and they it, did have a band there as well yes. that played music, keep you all entertained. And that was still there up until they started construction on the reflections and had to close that down when they relocated the Tri-Circle D Ranch, which which we also did not mention. Another thing there. 
This is where essentially all of the working horses of Walt Disney World live. Yes. Um, you know, all the, the horses that go up and down Main Street pulling the... Uh, the Horse-drawn horse carriages. Drawn, yeah, streetcars. <laughs> uh, and now they pull Merida. Yeah, they do all the different character cavalcades <laughs> at both Magic Kingdom and Epcot. You know, back when they used to do parades at uh, what was then Disney MGM Studios that had horses, this is where they would come from. And the headless horseman would ride one of these horses, That's of course. Right. And also, the tiny little white ponies would pull the Cinderella's castle that, float or, you know, for Disney weddings, they use that as that's well. That's right. And, of course, then there's also the, you know, the hayride that they do right around yes. Fort Wilderness, the horses that uh, pull that along. They did a fun headless horseman hayride. That's right. They were planning on bringing it back this year. There was going to be the haunted story telling the uh, the story of the headless horseman. It was super and popular. Ichabod Crane and all that, and you'd kind of go around a little loop and then... Of, Eventually, there would be a... Don't maybe? give anything away. Um, no spoilers. Okay. You could probably guess what <laughs> It was what very popular, happen. and they were going to bring it back when we did a tour oh, what? of Fort Wilderness, and the new ranch wasn't open when we were there, so we actually went in the former, like, um, I guess that was the kennel. Mm-hmm. Yep. It smelled like it used to be the kennel, but that's where <laughs> they were just kind of, like, temporarily housed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were talking about how it was going to be back this year and oh, we wow. were all very excited and then it did not happen. Yeah. So stay tuned because maybe they'll bring that back next year. Right. But the great thing about this, the Tricircle D Ranch is it's a place to go where you could essentially very relaxed, uh, just enjoy kind of seeing how, uh, they keep the horses, how they feed them, uh, how they, um, where they live yeah and, you know, and they used to have the blacksmith shop that oh yeah i don't know if it's still where they would working make, but make the horseshoes and and then of course they had a pony rides uh yes. for the kids geo has been on many times with my mother yeah <laughs> which are right there and you know so even just ba- being able to walk around and just seeing all of these horses and the little horses and the ponies and all of that yeah because awesome. oftentimes you know, back in the day, hoop-de-doo, you would check in, but there would be a line, yeah. and you would have to wait if you weren't at the first that, show. That would be the perfect thing to do exactly. while you're waiting. You could explore all of the grounds. Because it's right there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've covered it all. There's beaches, which they eventually were like, hey, don't go in those, that water, because there's amoebas. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, that is a great way, a, a totally different way to get to the Magic Kingdom oh, if yeah. you ever want. You could park there, take the bus into Pioneer Hall, hop on a the boat, Wait. and go over to the Magic Kingdom. We forgot one major I'm sure we historical did. There's item. a lot more. The train. The, the Fort Wilderness train. Oh Railroad. Gosh. The most popular little, uh, amongst Disney nerds ever because... I have my Walt Disney's Railroad Storybook right here, which has a whole chapter on that. kind of what was essentially a failed project. It was a really good idea Yes, where they had Florida a little train. grasslands do not take too kindly to whatever those things are. Right. Railroad so ties. <laughs> they built a train. All through uh, Fort Wilmers as a way, uh, an alternate transportation to get yeah, from... Yeah, because they didn't have buses when they first opened. Yeah. It was just the train. Yeah. And you didn't have to be staying there to ride it. You could 
come from another place and ride it all day long if you had a a ticket. But the thing is, this train, because of it having to go all a a full loop all around um, Fort Wilderness, it was actually significantly longer than the train at Magic Kingdom. Oh, yeah. But the trains themselves were so much smaller. Yeah, there was only four or five cars to ride in. Yeah, there were five cars that I think it had a capacity of 90 people. But the um, engine itself. But the engines was... themselves, they held a lot less water mm. and oil uh, than the big steam locomotives Only enough for at the one Magic trip. Kingdom. And so <laughs> they needed to, you know, constantly fill, keep these things filled with water, but they weren't staffed by, you know, the serious engineers that they hire <laughs> over at the Magic Kingdom. These were essentially college kids. And they might have forgotten once or twice. You have to fill it up every time because they, they won't yeah. make it around if you don't have a full tank. And there were many um, times when they, yeah, they ran out of water. Yeah. But in addition, they also did not um, properly secure the railroad ties to the, um, you know, I guess the, the rails to the ties. Mm. And, and they, they didn't make that properly. And so there were many derailments as well um yes the the track basically every time it curved it wanted to go straight and they kept popping out and not because these are a a very narrow gauge uh railroads compared to the other ones it was Um, a forney type 2-42t engine oh you don't need to tell me that i I don't know if i said that right because there was a lot of dashes (laughs) and numbers involved but you know any train enthusiast <laughs> knows exactly what you're talking about when you say type 2 for 2T. Yeah. The other issue, I think, was that it was a lot of swampy area, so yeah. it kind of sunk in a little. And then in addition to that, pretty much where the uh, bus drops you off, mm-hmm. like the train went right by there, and, you know, people yeah, don't I pay mean, attention yeah, to things. Yeah, and there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of places where you could get a lot closer yeah. To the train. So it was a safety issue. Plus, every time uh, it uh, crossed the road, they had to toot the whistle. And if you're staying in a campground and you keep hearing these whistles mm. over That's and true. over again, there were a lot of sound <laughs> issues. Yeah. So initially, you know, because they were hauling people after the hoopty doo shows, mm. you know, those these trains would run pretty late. Wow. That um, would be and some people are trying to, to sleep. Crazy to do at night. Yeah. So uh, eventually they cut the hours to only the daytime hours. Um, but still, huh. there were just a, a whole bunch of issues that led for it to uh, eventually be shuttered, um, I think right around 77, but then mm-hmm. it was off and on all the way up through 1980 when they pretty much said, all right, let's pull this thing. We're calling it. And they put these, uh, the cars and the engines they kind of took them backstage threw some tarps over them thinking that maybe someday we'll be able to do this right but then of course you know the weather got to them and well two of them became ticket booths at the old pleasure island so if you were ever there and wondering why is this a train well they're not there now but but they're no longer there. there but also um i believe the carolwood pacific society or whatever that's called rescued them and well i know that one of the engines john lesser has in his backyard wow okay yeah a couple well, of the i think the uh, carolwood pacific themselves. people rescued two of them to restore mm-hmm. 
So, but you can also still see, I think there's only one place left now where you can see some railroad ties in yeah. the ground. The rest of them have been either reclaimed by nature or taken up by yeah. Disney. <laughs> a lot of them, you, you can see where it was. You, yes. you may not necessarily be able to see the railroad ties, but you can kind of kind of see where there's a little bit of a raised kind of a place for them to have gone through. Yeah. But still, that's just a very unique thing. Very fun type of uh, transportation. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I think we've covered it. What are your overall thoughts, though, on Fort Wilderness? <laughs> well, I opened with those, so you'll have yeah. to rewind and listen. But <laughs> I do love it. I hope it never goes away. It is a respite, especially for us being National Park fans and frequent visitors. We don't really go to the Florida National Parks that often. In fact, I don't think we've been to Everglades. I've actually never been. I, we I'm, will do it at some point. I'm just a big fan of mountains. Mountains and waterfalls, tall trees. Tall trees Wa- waterfalls, and, you know, yes. And that kind um, of a thing. And they don't really have that. But I do want to do more like state parks once they reopen and yeah. stuff. That'll oh, yeah. be fun to, to see things because you just never know what you'll discover. Anyway, being <laughs> locals that uh, aren't staying on property, that is a place where we can just go down the street to and really just relax and get yeah. away from the hustle and bustle Kinda just like of life. be enveloped in nature but very close to our home yeah like i said it's our go-to place for most birthday celebrations <laughs> we will be at trails end so uh, yeah yes. i love it i love the history of it and i hope everyone listening did as well yeah it's a good way to just spend a very relaxing day or week or two. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the cabins because you know they're cabins. We'll talk about that if we do hotels some other time. But we've stayed there. We like them. They're fun. Yeah, they are fun. It's a, f- a fun way if you don't have an RV or you don't want to be in a tent. I think I would probably prefer an RV and then uh, do one of the uh, the what do you call them the cabins over pitching the tent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless they invent air-conditioned tents. Which they probably have. We do have now. a little bit of business to get to. Oh, my. I don't remember if it was the podcast or the live show, but at some point I talked about giving away this little Big Al wishable. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we had some entries for that, which were to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're not already, you're missing out on watching this episode. So give us a subscribe over there. Please do, or a comment. Um, Yeah, and then they just had to email in and tell us their favorite episode. But that's another good way, if you don't want to email, you can always comment on the YouTube video, and then we'll be able to talk to you that way. Or you can talk to us on Facebook, doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, we did a random drawing. That's right. And we actually found a winner. We did. And it was... Who was the winner? Jimmy, (gasps) or as he's known on Instagram, TinkerBear82. Oh, that's very appropriate. I know. He's going to get a bear. So thank you for listening, Jimmy. (laughs) And we do appreciate you being a devoted listener. Yay. (laughs) And uh, hopefully this little guy will make your day yeah i think the the trivia last week was essentially what was your favorite episode yes so i don't really have an answer for that (laughs) i mean i have my favorites but we already gave that answer but i do have another trivia question for this week all 
All right. I will contact you on Instagram, Jimmy, and get your info to mail this out to you as well, if you're listening. I'll probably contact you before you get this notice. Well, maybe I'll wait till tomorrow when this (laughs) comes out. So anyway, uh, the trivia (laughs) question uh, goes back to the the Hoop-dee-doo musical review that we talked about. It actually holds a record. Um, A Guinness record. It does. But what is that record for? Well, I'll tell you. Wait, if you tell me, that's the answer. Oh, okay. I won't tell you. You can tell me next week. All right. Because that'll, when we reveal the answer. But that's a <laughs> trivia question for you. Yes. So you can email us at xana at xanaland.com. Not setting up an up the waterfall email. It's just easier to spell that way. Or you can comment on Facebook when I post the show. You can comment on YouTube when we post the video there. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram all of it. Anywhere you want, we will accept your answers. You can even just say it out loud. Well, but you should. We won't hear it if you do that, <laughs> unless you're calling and happen to know our phone numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, so that brings us to the end of this Fort Wilderness episode. I do love it. And we didn't even talk about cornbread. I did mention it. They do have good cornbread that you can get at, at Trails both. End or Hoopty Doo. Yeah. All right, so let us know what you think of Fort Wilderness and like, subscribe, tell your friends. We thank you for listening. We would love it if you share this and uh, let people know that you're listening to this podcast and enjoy it. Indeed. And uh, we will see you (laughs) Thursday for the live show. That's right. At 8 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. Take your pick, whichever you prefer. Or do both. Yes. (laughs) And uh, thank you as always for joining us up the waterfall. That's right. Bye now.